Welcome to Transatlantic Wrestling Talk. I'm your host, Andy, and as always, joined by my co-host, Dale. How are we doing, buddy? Hey, Andy, welcome back. Merry Christmas. Hope you're feeling better. Happy New Year. We're going to bring this in here, and I'm going to try and bring this in with a little bit more microphone-ish and a little bit more of a hairstyle and some headsets and kind of looking (laughs) all professional. There's been quite a few changes for you and I here, so I figure, you know what? You should just take it away because I think that we should guide with the new head studio that you have there, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All moved, all moved house, mate. And it's me new abode at the moment. I still haven't got a studio I'm in the back. I'm actually in the bedroom at the moment, uh, but I am in the process of building a nice little man cave in the back garden. So, well, I'm going to be starting it shortly. So, should be good. But anyway, January 1992, Royal Rumble season. That's where we're at today, aren't we, my man? Listen, you and I, the first thing we jumped on was, hey, we're doing these monthly things. We're going with 1992 because the Royal Rumble took place in every January. Most of the time it takes place in January, as I believe. And mm-hmm. the best time, the best Royal Rumble in our eyes, just for star-studded power, we're not going to really give it away, 1992. And to open that up, we have the wonderful team of the Orient Express coming out. <laughs> Do you know what? When I was watching this, I was laughing my head off. I was like, they were just a proper... Again, this is a time when tag teams, every tag team had a theme, didn't they, no matter what it was. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And every stereotypical Japanese tag team came out with that chopstick and gong and the... <laughs> And they had Every single one. and they had the typical Chinese Japanese manager of Mr. Fuji, who was actually Hawaiian. He was a very yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was very sneaky heel. You Hulk Hogan, you come in here with that red heart. <laughs> it's very, uh, I mean, that sinister foreign heel. It just, I think the last one was uh, Kenzo Suzuki was like probably one of the worst and last offenders yeah. of that. I know. Do you know what? I was about 20 when I found out Mr. Fuji wasn't actually Japanese. (laughs) (laughs) I'm 36 now, so it wasn't just yesterday, but it wasn't far off. But still, though, they kept kayfabe for that long, so congratulations on that. Well, just a quick Um, one before we jump into the Royal Rumble, because something very important happened in the month of January in um, WWF at the time that I think really needs addressing. Can you tell me what that was? Do you remember? Uh, besides the winner that we will disclose uh, 30 mm-hmm. years later, uh, yep. hopping in here. <laughs> there we wish. Um, barbershop? Yes. Yes, it did take place. They yeah. will recap that too. And probably one of the most synonymous heel turns ever yeah. and breakup stories ever. Uh, a couple of years prior, you had Rick Martel leaving Strike Force with Tito mm-hmm. and very unceremoniously, but just walking away and saying, I'm not dealing with you anymore, Tito. Mm-hmm. Arriba. And, you know, instead we had Janetti getting thrown through the barbershop window. Yeah. And, but as. Um, oh, as I don't Mr. forget Heenan, as well, Half Foundation, as you see the new Half Foundation who fought against the Audience Express, there was no kinds of fuse with them either. It was just. Yeah, look, Brett became uh, intercontinental champion, ended up facing uh, the Mountie, which will be recapped later on, 
face mm-hmm. the Mountie at a house show, I believe. It was a live event. Yeah. And that didn't really take place too much. Eh, that's debatable on how we could put that, but they actually televised it um, on the pay-per-view and they said Roddy Piper came to the defense. So the Mountie will definitely be facing Piper for the intercontinental belt, which I guarantee you, Roddy Piper did not ask for at the time. <laughs> but going well, back to the opening match, though, you mm-hmm. said that the New Heart Foundation came out and we're talking about Jim Neidhart and the Rocket Owen Hart come out. And let's face it, it's a great match. I think yeah. that they broke a, they broke a lot of different rules with terrible tags. But this is just an, uh, this is an Owen Hart showcase. Yeah. Yeah. This is what this is. I mean, I think also in enough. this match as well, is it does show the limitations of Jim the Anvil as well. I feel in this match, he was so bad. <laughs> Even in that outfit too. Yeah. Um, which <clears throat> I do believe that that outfit is the original Hasbro figure. So with, mm. yeah, with, um, with uh, Jim, uh, with uh, Owen Hart too. But mm. yeah, it's just all Owen and give it, give it up for Saito and Pat Tanaka as well. I mean, Tanaka just, they went against the Rockers, I think, the year prior. They did. WrestleMania. What an an amazing match. Amazing match. No, I thought it was the Rumble. WrestleMania 7, wasn't it? Mm, No, I think they, I think it was at the Rumble. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, let's just check this out. Uh, I would just also like to point out that Andy is freshly shaved today. He's got a good beard. He's got the pandemic beard, but he's actually well-groomed. So do not adjust your broadcast systems, folks. <laughs> I thought that was it. Well, as I say, I'm still trying to get over this bloody COVID. But... The coof. <clears throat> yeah. Um, Rockers versus the Audience Express. We're getting proven wrong here, folks. Ah, Royal Rumble 1991 it was, yeah. All right. I'm going to do a Barry Horowitz right here. <laughs> Let nope. me just say, I'm sure they were at WrestleMania 7, though, as well. Oh, there was definitely another match. But anyway, Orient Express. Ah, it was WrestleMania 6. I do apologize. Ah, okay. All right. So we're both right. I'm going to give you points on that. So once again, great match. Um, Owen Hart, you know, showcase for him. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. What did you think of the match itself? <laughs> I thought it wasn't too bad. Um, you know, as I say, I think the Rock, Owen Hart's just really good. The four Kato and Patanaka were really good. They were just solid, you know, in what they'd done. And um, the Anvil was there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He took a couple of tags and uh, did the rocket launcher, which is a very discombobulated yeah. move. Yeah. And do you know one thing that I was thinking of in this match as well is like, obviously, Bret Hart had moved on from the Anvil. So the Anvil was kind of lost without a tag team partner. Yeah. And obviously said, let's put him with Owen. And I just think to myself, did that do an Owen any favors or did it do, was it for Nidart? You know, was it, who, who was the one who benefited out of that tag team, really? I'll tell you what, it's both. I think that Vince McMahon loved Jim. Because he ended up keeping him on payroll and was even that mask guy named who? Yeah. <laughs> For a little bit. So look that up, folks. Yes, it's weird me saying Google who, but that's a real <laughs> thing. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, uh, we love Jim. And uh, 
Andy loves his daughter too, very much so. Very much so. Yeah. The most <laughs> overrated. She's another one like a dad who just hangs around like a bad smell. Who would who would you prefer to um take on a date? Her or Nyla Rose? Where are we going? <laughs> you know what? Tell me what you would do for each one of those. So Natalia, I'd take her to a firing range. All right, folks, we're gonna go on and we're gonna continue to go on with this. I I was literally just asking for where she would go to eat or where you would go to date her to like dinner or something like that. But we went. Oh, there. don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that, you know Natalia is a good looking girl. She did she, did, but as a ring performer and a wrestler, she's shite. She's like the female. She's like the the crap version of Cena. She has like the four moves of Doom, but like the so, four crap moves. So the next match is Roddy Piper versus the Mountie. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So the next match is Roddy Piper versus the Mountie. Okay. Yeah. Can I just say one last thing? Is you don't expect to come, <laughs> you don't expect to come across with a lot more. Um, you know how much talent you think she's going to get from the testicles of Jim Nardard. <laughs> she even does that shit discus punch that I used to do. You know, I prepped for this show for about a week, and the last thing I really need to hear about is Jim Te- Jim Neidhart's testicles. <laughs> and you know, I'm trying to get to Roddy Piper, yeah. so I go from a hot rod to Neidhart's testicles <laughs> to a hot to a hot rod. I'm, yeah. Uh, okay, well, last thing, Grant, anyway. She, Jim Lyadard had testicles. Natalia's got chesticles. Let's move on. It's true. <laughs> and, and I'll tell you, her sister. It's where it's at. Yeah, check big, her out, too. Big E's been there, like hasn't he? Big E? Has he? Mm, yeah. Good. Good. Uh, hopefully he goes back there. He's thankful he dropped that title, so, you know. Yeah. Right, anyway. Roddy Piper versus the Mountie. Um... I really like this. Do you know what? This is the classic old wrestling style match of, well, this whole storyline's a classic old wrestling style match. They wanted to protect Hart because Hart um, obviously had something going on at the time or whatever, so they protected him. Got, they didn't want, obviously, Rosie to go and beat Brett, so they had a nice little heel to be the champion in between, which was great. Um, yeah. And then it got us to this match, yeah. Um I always hated Robbie Robbie Piper's finisher with the sleeper hold. I always thought it was a crap finisher, but yeah, so um, a lot of other people also had things like, um, you know, uh, who who was it? Sergeant Slaughter had the you know Cobra Clutch, you know, and they like things like that. The Sheik had something that was like that. The Camel Clutch mm. as well, you know. So sleeper is kind of it's a very old school way to do things you know you don't really see that too often although you had the hurt lock mm. you know and that it's a That's weird old, thing it's the old warlords for nelson yeah or uh chris masters have you mm. remember yeah. the master lock challenge that was a pretty cool thing yeah you know until he started putting on people like taz and stuff then it's just weird yeah. um but uh i like the match i like the jacques Rougeau. um i like the way that he moves um, I like the way that he wrestles. And both yeah. of these guys had a very old school kind of catch as catch can type of feel. 
mm. as far as the way that they grab and embrace. Yeah. Just take a look at the way they interact and go into the ropes and you'll see mm. what I mean. You know, it's just, yeah. it's just a really classic way on how to work. So, yeah. um, and they, they didn't have hit each other as well. You could see they were laying in lumps to pair of them. Yeah. And, and by all means, I mean, you know, we know the story about the Mountie himself facing and uh, beating up or however you want to call it. Um, what's his face? Uh, uh, Dynamite Kid. You know, mm. that remains, you know, that's a story with so many different angles, but he was a tough guy, you know, and he was also able to talk to Hulk Hogan for taking a pin mm-hmm. in his own, in his retirement match. Yeah. That's impressive. I'm sure Hogan will lie about that too. So, yeah. uh, good match though. It, it, was a, it was a fun match. It's short. It's five minutes, 22 seconds, but it did what it had to. All right. And, uh, it's a good way to see Jimmy Hart there. So, um, love Piper. Um, well, you know, in a more important match, you and I could go into how amazing he was as a person. Um, but, uh, you know, other than that, solid, solid match. So it was solid. And one thing I do want to mention is back in these type of in this type of era as well, is I love the way WWE done title changes on house shows. Because, yeah. you know, the fact is you you know, you, you might not get them all the time, I get once in a while and a little bit and bobs, but with stuff like this, it always makes you feel like going to an event, it could happen. Something something could happen where Nowadays, it's just, you know, you know for a fact they're never going to do nothing off TV and it's just a bit, you know, makes you not want to go to these kinds of live events that are not raw or SmackDown. It definitely affects ticket sales. It, mm. it definitely affects ticket sales. I I mean, I the last, last house show I went to was in 2014 or 2015. I think mm. 2014. Um, and then prior to that was 2003. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, and, and I got, you know, I only got the tickets for cheap anyway. That's why I went, but it was just, I don't know. Like it, it, for the fact that they actually had Roddy Piper win, I'm sorry, uh, the Mountie win at a house show, yeah. it makes you want to go. And yeah, that's yeah. what happened with Diesel. Diesel won the belt on at a house show in what, seven seconds against Bob mm-hmm. Backlund. Yeah. You know, and that was a big deal. That was a huge deal because you woke up, you turned on the TV, you go, oh, Bob Backlund, the fantastic heel, uh, lost the title three days for, after holding it. So, you know, not saying they should do that all the time, but still. That's it. They shouldn't do it all the time, but you've got to give somebody a chance to, do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, there's yeah. ten, 10 title changes you didn't know happened to house shows, yeah? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, make it happen yeah. or make a number one contender match there or something like that. You can so, deal with that. Bret Hart versus uh, Ric Flair, 1992, October 12th. It's only ever changed hands on a, on, a, on a house show twice, and that was Bob Backlund and Bret Hart. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Well, that's because Flair went to WCW at that point too, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that's for contractual reasons. He was on his way out. He did everything he had to do to prove that he was the best. We'll see that later on. You got Miz and Morrison beat Kofi Kingston and CM Punk. For the tag. Yeah. That was in, what was that? 08, I believe, right? Yeah. 2016, Shinsuke beat Samoa Joe. 
for the NXT title. Wow. Okay. Um, another one here for the NXT. We've got Samoa Joe versus um, Finn Balor. Uh, Edge beat Jeff Jarrett for the tank for the Intercontinental Championship, nineteen ninety nine, July twenty fourth. Wow! Oh yeah, here's a good one. Um, Marty Shawn Michaels versus Marty Jannetty for the IC title. Uh, HBK, to, HBK beat Marty Jannetty. Oh, for the title. Yeah. Okay, was that at Hammerstein? Not Hammerstein. Was that at um? Was that at Ballroom in Manhattan? Yeah. Okay. I believe so, yeah. Yeah. And then Mickey James beat Victoria and Melina. And then we've got the Mountie and uh, Booker T, uh, Mountie and Bret Hart. And then number one, we've got Chris, Christian versus Booker T Intercontinental Championship. How about this? You remember well, when they nullified, how about nullifying the tag titles when the top rope broke? Ah, uh, with the Rockers. Yeah. There yeah. you go. You know, that's so, so well, there's, 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 there's been a few of them, but I say we, we need to see more. <laughs> exactly. You know, keep, yeah. the, keep the intrigue here. Mm, WWE done one or two title changes at house shows in the next couple of months, then I'm sure it's really gain interest. You know what I mean? Yeah. Of all because happen here, you know. Right. Okay. So the next we've got the Beverly Brothers with Leaping Lanny Puff over the Genius. Defeated the Bushwhackers, Luke and Buff, with Jameson. <sighs> Who on earth is Jameson? Okay, so Jameson was this comedy improv guy that Vince McMahon saw somewhere at a club and said, this guy's funny. I like it. Can you do fart <laughs> jokes? And Jameson basically is just one of those improv guys and saw him and then took him under his wing. Oh, I thought um, he was like a big American institute or something. Like I swear PBA to God, he is not. I swear <laughs> to God, he is not. No, he just dressed like one. He was a nerd, and they put him with, uh, they used a valet with the Bushwhackers, which I'm sure they know they did the right thing by not being a heel team as the sheep herders and said, you know what, let's do it for the kids and the Bushwhackers. And believe it or not, I think this might be the first time you and I have ever discussed a bushwhacker match on this show. Yeah. And do you know what was hilarious? And I thought it wouldn't really go well in 2022 or 2021, or even 2022, it doesn't matter. Um, is when they walk into the ring, and I think on three occasions, Luke licks these kids in the face, just walks over. And like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or how about the gimmick battle royal when they uh when they lick Gene Oakland's head and yeah. uh Gene says, "Hey, you got my hair wet," and then uh, he and Heenan goes, "Oh, both of them." <laughs> brilliant! I miss Bobby Heenan. He was brilliant. And do you know what? Just a, a side note: how good was Bobby Heenan through this whole program? He, is my, epic. he yeah. is my epic for this episode. Yeah, he was amazing. The whining, the bickering, the sweating for Flair because he was the manager <laughs> with Tanning. I just. <laughs> I loved it. I thought he was fantastic. He was constantly like, where's Flair? Where is oh there he is? He's still in. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's all you'd hear. Well, on this one, let's get um get out the way. The Beverly Bros defeated the Bushwhackers. 
Not really to see. Yeah, um, this was a shit <clears throat> match. Fifteen minutes of dog shit. Yeah, I think this is what um, Bruce Pritchard calls a let me up match. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That they put on before they go into another one, and then quite strangely, really, to put this just before the Royal Rumble, but you know, it's, it is what it is. Uh, Natural Disasters uh, versus Legion of Doom, and they. Legion of Doom, uh, they did Earthquake and Typhoon one by count out. Now, just a real point on this. One thing I've noticed, and I've watched recently a lot of Legion of Doom matches in the WWF, how bloody scripted are they and how is that the same? Pork gets battered, animal makes the hot tag. It's like, it just seems like the same. And then he did that, that running chop block. Have you ever seen anybody that looked like them prior? No. You and I talked about attractions. You and I talked about spots. Um, now, when we look, look at a guy like Brian Cage. Brian mm. Cage does how many moves, right? He's got to do backflips. He's got to do this. He's got to do that, okay, when he's performing. And it's yeah. the same. It's a laundry list of stuff. The Legion of Doom had a couple of different basics that they did, but, man, you heard the crowd, yeah. okay? And they. this is how you sell and you market them. Kids in the shoulder pads, wearing them outside, face paint. There's reasons why you had guys like Sting, This, you know, that did the same thing with him and Ultimate Warrior, you know? And we just saw it right now. Not that face paint's something new, but yeah. everything's to pay homage for that, man. Like, I understand what you're saying, but that's money. That is yeah. money for them. You know, and it's just these certain spots. I mean, look at the uh, animal. I feel like, you know, all he would do, he would probably just, you know, if you would kiss a baby, he'd probably eat it. That's how tough of a guy he is. <laughs> yeah, as you say, I just I just think like watching the Legion of Doom matches just seem like it's always that, what, that set out way of them doing a match and that's it. Yeah, but the same thing with Hogan. You know, hulking yeah. up, man. I suppose it's just in this time and in, in this kind of way, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah, they, that's this, this a time. Team. Yeah, I mean, I, I was a natural disaster fan. I showed you videos of my son, you know, squirming like Hulk, mm. like Earthquake, our boy. Yeah. You know, Do you know what else I noticed as well is the Legion of Doom um, kind of formula for the match was pretty similar to the Half Foundation as well. Where Bretta yes. get beat up, Bretta get beat up, powerhouse comes in, bang, bang, bang. Yeah. So, yeah, they couldn't uh, they couldn't figure that out with uh Pride and Powerful, right? Or yeah. not Proud and Powerful. Um, who was it? Uh uh with Hercules oh, Hernandez. Power and glory, power and glory. Yeah, power and glory. They didn't know who's who because they both <laughs> were kind of like the same size, but one had a beard. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll move on to our Royal Rumble. We had um uh, Jack Tunney, he was quite active around this time, wasn't he? Yes, the snake the, Jack Tunney getting yeah, the, bu- getting booed. Granted, the previous Survivor Series, he cost he come in and stripped the title off him to take it Adney and whatnot. Yeah, so. yeah, the dirty cheating bastard. Mm. So well, anyway, he come go. in here and nearly fucked his lines up. But anyway, <laughs> what what was he? Was he like Jim Hurd, but not owning a pizzeria company? So apparently he owns a company, a wrestling company in Canada. 
And then WWE used to do work. So then he had then, they took him on and he was the owner of, sorry, he was the runner of the Canadian booking office for him. And then for whatever reason, they started using him. Would it have been Stampede? Don't think he owns the Canadian Stampede. Well, no, he wouldn't have owned, he wouldn't have owned Stampede because that's Mm. too hard. But would he have had an affiliation with them? No, I'm sure he had his own one. Or was he working for the commission over there? I don't know. He just looks like that miserable old man that wouldn't give you a ball back if you hit it onto his yard. All right. So he promoted all over the southern Ontario. The offices were in Maple Leaf Gardens for many years. So You know what? Yeah. Let's see the WWF be informed. Uh... You an Indiana Jones fan? Yes. Do you remember in uh, the Holy Grail one when uh, the Last Crusade, whichever one it was? I'm thinking of Monty Python now. You remember uh, he looks like he's midway through drinking through the wrong cup. <laughs> <laughs> but if you look at Jack Tunney, he's like, "Oh, I, I chose poorly, but then chose wisely, <laughs> so I'm stopping here." Ah, yeah. oh, man. So anyway, he was the one that made the title for title match. So Jack Tunney, um, thank you yeah, for coming. So yeah, here we go. So when the promotion was was heels up between Crockett and Vince McMahon, Crockett felt he could no longer spare his top wrestlers for shows in Toronto, sending his B team as attendance to the gardens plummeted. Crockett's relationship with the promotion had been strained. Uh, he held a distrust of Tunney, who personally utilized talents from other promotions, including the WWF. So, yeah, basically what happened was Jack decided he no longer wanted to promote Cobb with a mix of WWF and NWA uh, and aligned himself with Vince McMahon and promoted only WWF cards north of the border, thus making the Toronto uh, one of the first former NWO strongholds to jump to NWA to WWF. Jeez, okay. Uh, so that's what that's how that become one anyway. But I believe uh, he fell out with yeah, because he's not even in the thing, is he? No, he's still not I think in there. I think he's still living. He's living. No, Tony's dead. No, Tony's living with Tupac and Elvis on the same island. <laughs> but it says here that uh, he's now he's not being in the. He has a fallout with McMahon <laughs> in nineteen eighty nine, which is why he left yeah. uh, in 1995. And that's when he left uh, WWE. So, oh, yeah. um, what do you think? What do you think that argument was about? The fucking god knows. Maybe it was because he got his mates mixed up in this one. <laughs> but it's interesting yeah. with Jack Tully, though. We thought like he was, you know, part of it, wasn't he? For a while, he was the first ever on-screen authority. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, to be honest with you, they just didn't throw Cialis into his contract, so. Mm. So yeah. it's it's all been downhill since he's gone. Like, but it really has. You know, I read a shirt the other day that said, um, "Ever since Prince died, everything's been fucked up." <laughs> it's true. So, I know. I know. All right. So to the Royal Rumble, Tony uh, no. introduces the real winner will be the WWE champ. I'm sorry, the world champion at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, big news happening. Ric Flair comes in, comes with the NWA title, which 
I will admit I was dumb and I had no idea. I was like, why is it blurred out? Because I thought that legally we had the rights to actually showing that or the WWE had rights to showing that they did not. So when I reviewed it, um, I actually asked Conrad and he told me the whole story. Not kidding. Mm-hmm. Conrad Thompson told me. So that was pretty funny. Um, but and then everybody goes, oh, I can't believe you fucking didn't know that. Well, sorry, I don't know law. OK, <laughs> um, so anyway, um, this is for the title. This is probably the first time this happened. And we have the first two entrants is going to be the British Bulldog and Ted DiBiase. OK, <laughs> and they come in and oddly enough, Ted DiBiase gets thrown out right away, which is very weird because he was a big, huge heel. Yeah. So who comes out? Number three. Ric Flair. If you listen to Bobby Heenan throughout this whole broadcast, it is incredible because Bobby (laughs) Heenan is saying how this is ridiculous as a manager of Ric Flair. He's been screwed over. He wants repercussions to be paid. Um, So obviously it's a little bit of limits. Um, Prior to this match, they showed Lord Alfred Hayes, by the way, incredible, just amazing. Mm -hmm. Lord Alfred Hayes, speaks with rick flair he says mr flair and this is a coliseum home video uh exclusive boss wasn't wasn't that good come on i sounded like one of you guys Mm. yeah flow with it bro (laughs) so he's and rick flair says i'm number three i know i have a lot to do and just it's awesome comes in goes right into the british bulldog andy who are the next few entrants after that, we had Jerry Sachs, Haku, both eliminated by a British Bulldog, Shawn Michaels, Tito Santana, Barbarian, Texas Tornado, and Repo Man. Um, we're all the top 10. Do you want to go from there? Yeah, absolutely. So just to recap right there. So you had a lot of heels going on in there. But I remember there was times with after they uh, beat up a, a good guy, like let's say uh, the British Bulldog, you know, they would all of a sudden attack Flair. So it was kind yeah. of funny. It was kind you know, of like they had a mini vendetta. Me, do you know what makes me laugh on this one is Shawn Michaels was eliminated by Tito Santana and then Tito Santana was eliminated by Shawn Michaels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Once again, we have to put up the Spider-Man meme where it's like this. They're pointing at each other like, hey. As I say, I don't mind that too much because Shawn was the heel. Um, you could tell but, they, they had high hopes for Shawn. Yeah, and there's something else I'll go on to in a little bit further detail a little bit later on um, sure. about another elimination that maybe scratched my head, but that just shows WWF even at this time we're doing making the rules up as they went along. Um, so anyway, number 11, we had Greg Valentine and number 12, Nikolai Volkov. They were both um, knocked out by the repo man. Yeah, yeah. So Barry, Dar- Barry Darso, um, I guess, always kept getting pushed. And, uh, you know, even as somebody that needs to repossess things, um, yeah. he, re- he repossessed those two. Yeah. Big boss man, Hercules, Roddy Piper, Jake Roberts, Jim Duggan, IRS, Jimmy Snuka, and The Undertaker make up the top 20. Uh, so let's just point out how incredible the next top 10 are. Yes. Let's even... Let's let's just put out there, okay? IRS, obviously, he had better days in WCW, in W World Class Championship Wrestling, yeah. um, you know, in Varsity Club stuff. Mm. Okay, 
And Jim Doggan. So, talking, about, talking about testicles, his testicles have had a lot of success. <laughs> Would you say that? Though? I guess, yeah, and and Bo, but at the same time, it's like, well. <laughs> yeah, Bo, Bo was the uh, Bo was the dribble. <laughs> oh, Bo, no, he's not. No, he's no, with Liv Morgan, and he's he's with Liv Morgan right now, and he is loving his real estate business. Yeah. So anyway. So in there, yeah, big boss man, Roddy Piper comes right out. There was a point where the the whole screen was cleared. You had just flair in there, and who comes out? Roddy Piper. They have unsettled business. It's a wonderful time. As soon as Piper gets in there, he spins around in excitement and beats the crap out of Ric Flair. Yeah. The ring starts piling up again, a la every single Royal Rumble again, and you start getting the main event attractions. Mm-hmm. Jake Roberts, Jim Duggan. IRS, Snooker, Undertaker. It just it's a who's who. I hate yeah. Jimmy Snooker. Never I hate him to, with a passion. I think mm-hmm. he's more, uh, a very horrendous man and he should probably be banned from any type of list and I don't think WWE should even make mention of him anymore. Mm-hmm. But at this time, this is even the heyday of his career. At this time, still getting over through people. So, you know, you have mm-hmm. to you have to give the people what they want. Yeah. But just an amazing list. So, mm-hmm. and then the top ten, some names in here: Randy Savage. Which, by the way, Randy Savage comes running out, attacks Jake Roberts, eliminates Jake Roberts, then eliminates himself, but then gets back in the ring, and it was like, but nobody touched him, so it's not classed as an elimination. If that was the case, Mil Mascaris would still be in the Royal Rumble of nineteen ninety six. That should have been the winner. <laughs> oh, it's unbelievable. That, uh, the, it's that, just like... We've heard, you know, you and I have heard some good stories about Mill Mascaris. Mm. You know, besides the plane ticket from Arezzi. You know, <laughs> but but the, the mm. Mill Mascaris, the, I love the fact that he purposely took himself out of the Royal Rumble so he could say that nobody eliminated him. Yeah. What a what a fucking guy, huh? That's oh, amazing. <laughs> Well, the thing is, it's like, uh, I don't believe that one was meant because if you look, it was, uh, I think it was Bobby Eden's going, well, he's eliminated, he's eliminated. And then he goes, and then uh, Gorilla pops in and goes, oh, no, nobody eliminated so he still, he must be still in the match. And Bobby, he must be. <laughs> I think we probably yeah. have Vincent in the ear go, no, 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 he's still in oh, the yeah. match, he's still in the match. Oh, yeah, no, they definitely, they flip-flop these rules. Do you remember... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, maybe we go over it. I'm not sure of the other years that we're going to be doing, but Vader came into a Royal Rumble and after he was eliminated, knocked the shit out of everybody else. And then they yeah. allowed them to go back in. Yeah. I think that was 95. Um, 95. Five. Yeah, 95. So, yeah. um, okay, doke. So the rest of our top tens the Berserker, Virgil, <laughs> Colonel Mustafa, Rick Martel, Hulk Hogan, Skinner, Sergeant Slaughter, Sid Justice, and number 30, the Warlord. Who was eliminated quite quickly, correct? Yes, he was in one minute and 43 seconds. Yes, correct. So, no. How come it's saying one minute, 43 seconds? Isn't that when he came in and got booted out? I think that's one minute, 43 seconds left in the match, right? No, no. Something's up That's elimination time. Ah, okay. So That was his time in the match. But don't forget, they've probably included his entrance in that. 
He's ah. a big dude. That is, he's a big dude. They probably took him a while to walk to the ring, didn't he? Yeah, Harvey, <laughs> but, Harvey Whippleman had to show him the way too. I'm going to be really on the fence here, you know, and I'm probably going to be very controversial. Ric Flair was shit. Ric Flair was not <laughs> this. When I'm watching him here and he's got a saggy man boobs getting slapped in them, and it was just like, Ric Flair was not the be-all and end-all like he seems to think he was. He knew how to work, though. Like, I'm watching him, and he just made everybody else look better. We talk yeah. about how Charlotte does not elevate talent. Yeah, He yeah. does. The yeah. guy goes out there. He made everybody that he interacted with. Yeah, good. yeah. Yeah, he did. I just, I don't know. Even with, with him with the belt, he just didn't look like he should have had the belt to me. I don't know whether that was because I was programmed WWF style at that age, do you know what I mean? But it's just, he just didn't look right with it, do you know what I mean? Even Bret Hart looked more at home with the belt than he did. Yeah, well, thankfully they had guys like that, so they didn't have the beefy steroid guys when they would come in and, you know, talk about that. I mean, think, they were in that trial, so they needed to be like, hey, look at our champion now. He's like Adam Cole. Um, So, thankfully they had guys like Bret Hart. But, I mean, look at the, you want to talk about size? Okay. You don't, Flair was just smarter than everybody else and kept himself healthy throughout this whole match. You need that stamina, believe it or not. Yeah. But come on. I mean, Colonel Mustafa nearly, you know, croaked on the way to the ring too, um, <laughs> which we all know who that is, folks. Um, Cheeky baby. Yeah. <laughs> Skinner, another name that you can't, that you forget about, but it's kind of funny. Uh, yeah. Mm. Just, just the gator man himself. And yeah. then um, the shit ending, which just goes to show you how much of a piece of garbage that Hulk Hogan is with the dumbest, probably what it's sad because, this was one of my favorite Royal Rumbles. And yet mm. at the same time, the ending was just such garbage. It really was. It, and you know what? It didn't do Hogan any favors either. Cause it's like, oh, you're, you know, I'm not going to win. So you're not going to win. Do you know what I mean? It's like a kind of brat, like brat behavior, wasn't it? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you, know what I mean? you know what I mean? No, done it. It's not the kind of fitting for the whole Hulk Hogan style that you come to see. Yeah. No, look. You know what it is? Years ago, we were playing Mario Party at my friend's house. Okay, my friend uh, Eric's house, right? And his brother, he's got a twin brother. So we're playing. And uh, Mario Party, Alex stole Eric's star. Mm. So Eric and I went to go get Taco Bell. I said, do you get anything for your brother? He goes, fuck him. (laughs) So so we come back and Alex goes, what about my order? He goes, fuck you. (laughs) You steal my star, I steal your Taco Bell. That's Eric was Hulk Hogan at that point. Because mm. <laughs> you know what? You're not going to have fun, so I'm going to take your fun away from you. Yeah. This is what you do to me. Mm-hmm. And Hulk uh, Hogan well, just all about himself. Yeah. And then obviously when Hogan pulled and Flair comes behind, lifts over Justice. With the worst, it, worst, worst yeah. flip I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> oh. He's just thinking of his uh, baseball season. <laughs> Softball? I keep telling uh, you. Oh, well, I don't know the difference. It's both bloody whatever. It's overhand. Braun Strowman's dad was a pro softball player, by the way. So he probably made about $13,000 a year. <laughs> oh, God. I think we call it rounders over here for softball. 
it's fine. You know what? Look, any any type of bar, any type of uh, sport where the bar is five feet away, I'm for. So that's fine. With that. <laughs> well, yeah, we had Rick Flair as a champion. He wouldn't be champion long, would he? You know, but this is supposed this gives him it gives him a uh, given the accolade that he wanted, and I think he realized very quickly that he wasn't the big fish anymore, and that's why he probably he did leave WWF after a cup of tea, didn't he? Of course. And the sad part is that they wanted um, that Hogan and Flair match, but instead we had to have Hogan versus Sid Justice, which was mm-hmm. just very artificial. And you had Macho Man, good for him, winning the title. But the problem is that you're not facing, you know, like this is not really the match that should have been set up. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to have seen Macho Man and Sid, if you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because you actually, you would have gotten a better match. If you watch Sid versus Hogan and you see the Ultimate Warrior botched run-in, actually, the run-in was technically botched by Papa Shango, but I don't even think he messed up. I think somebody just didn't fucking tell him to go. Yeah, yeah, that's what he says, yeah. Yeah, so, but, uh, you know, that, you know, some of these WrestleManias in the Hogan latter days are just really weird. Really weird. And here's another one right here, man, where they set Uh up for it. No, no. Right. All right. Well, that was that year, January 1992. What did you think of it as a whole? I loved it. Um, low points, Bushwhacker Jameson. Um, the actual ending elimination of Sid Justice. Um, I will say this high points was just seeing how pissed off Macho Man was at uh, Jake the Snake. Yeah. Um, and Bobby Heenan throughout the whole night and Gorilla Monsoon trying to calm him down. Just that's, you want authenticity. We talk about feel and that's what you got from both of those guys. Yeah. You're going to find that from people like Pat McAfee, mm-hmm. uh, Corey Graves to an extent now, um, Jim Ross still a little bit and even Taz right now to this day yeah. you're going to find that. Jim Ross when he likes something if he doesn't like it he's not going to be it. you could hear if you could hear eye rolls you could hear it when he's watching AEW folks mm. and it's loud and clear yeah so what about your well, thoughts on the pay-per-view uh, low spots probably the same as yourself that Jameson don't know who the bloody hell he is um, and the, the finish for me was a bit bad high points I'd say the same Bobby brain and also one of my high points was the vignettes before the Royal Rumble kicked off Absolutely. all the different superstars I just thought they were just why they're going to win the Rumble what they're going to bring to it and I just thought that was awesome classic backdrop yeah. um, these were supplanted not only before the pay-per-view but right before the Rumble match just fantastic stuff yeah. and also the theme music as well yeah the and then classic you, Royal Rumble song. You hear, you hear Vince McMahon. Welcome, everybody. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Absolutely love it. Well, uh, guys, that was our year, 1992, January 1992. We're going to be doing a lot of Januarys, obviously, uh, over the next coming weeks. So make sure if there's anything that you want to see us do, get it in the comments section. Let us know. We might even run a, a, a poll on Twitter. 
I think we try and get some people more involved in it. So, um, yeah, let us know what you want. And guys, so, thanks so much for all your support last year. And we hope you, th- you continue to support us and uh, watch us grow. Obviously, me and Dale are big, massive wrestling fans. And also, we're very active everywhere. We're active over on WrestleBuddy's channel, articles on the website, and also on our channel, we're going to be a lot more active as well. So make sure you come and, get, you come and see us wherever you go. And also, if you can't always watch us through YouTube, Go over to Apple Music and check us out over there on the podcast over there. Apple, Spotify, um, and Anchor FM as well. But until next time, guys, me and Dale, take care, and we'll see you again soon. Thank you, guys. Take care.